Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Gavin Berry and today I'm once again joined by Daily Records, Andy Newport and Sunday Mail Chief Football Writer Scott McDermott. Um, we'll be reflecting on the Rangers 1-0 win. They left it late at Easter Road to move uh, seven points clear at the top of the table ahead of Celtic's game against Harps and face Dundee on Saturday. How are you boys? Very well, you? Good, Gav. So I suppose we'd be as well starting, at, I mean, it was a pretty tame game by Rangers' hip standards on their Wednesday night at Easter Road. Um, until the one major incident in the game, the kind of one and only incident was uh, Ryan Porteous, no stranger to an incident involving Rangers, uh, brings down Ryan Kent, John Beaton, penalty. Kima Roof puts it away coolly. First of all, was it a penalty and a word? Both of you in a word, first of all. Stonewaller. Yes. Yeah. So are you surprised there's been any debate over it then? Because, you know, I mean, well, let's, let's, I think one way of putting it is always to say if, if you had VAR, would VAR have given it? Absolutely. Yeah, VAR would have still given it. I think the reason there's the debate, Gav, I'm not surprised there's a bit of debate just because, um, because Ryan Portis tries to pull his leg away. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, when you saw it in real time, I thought it was a stonewaller. When you mm-hmm. see the replay, I don't think it's as much of a stonewaller. I think there's a wee bit of Dubai about it because he does pull his leg out. But there's definite contact there. It doesn't really matter how minimal it is. There's contact there. And the reason there's contact is because he's dangled a leg. Um, and as soon as you do that, you obviously run the risk of conceding a penalty. So... I think I, it's a it's a definite penalty. I, I can't. I, I think it's I think it's an absolute stonewall, Scott. Um, I think yeah, he's dangled the leg out. He's trying to pull it away, but the, you see for the clip from behind the goal, he takes Kent's foot away just at a point where Kent's cutting inside, and he's transferring the balance. I, I don't think there's any any debate that it's a penalty. It's an absolute stick-on penalty award for me. Uh, I, I'm I'm surprised that there's any debate about it at all. I really am. Um, you know, just for me, you know, I think it's a shame for Ryan Pulse. I think you're right what you say, Gav. It's, he's, you know, he's, he's, he never seems to be out of the spotlight when it comes to this fixture. But, um, and he, he had, he actually thought he'd had a really good game last night. You know, not not only the the sort of block that he had on Ryan Kent, where he gets a, a head to the shot look to be going in. Um, but I thought his general play was, was pretty solid. Uh, I just don't think there's any doubt that was a, a this, penalty. This is, this is a problem with Ryan Portis. Sorry, just to go into him mm-hmm. for a minute. I mean, and this is why I, I've got my doubts as to you know, what kind of level he'll go to because you know, he did have a good game in general, but again, he's Gosh. at the heart of Rangers' goal. You no, know, he does something stupid. Yeah. I and mean, Jack Ross is praising him again last night, but he's made a poor decision that's cost him the mm-hmm. game. I mean, Rangers played at Easter Road towards the end of last season, lost 1-0 to a Morelos goal, and if you watch it again, I mean, Portis comes away to the, the left-hand side and then loses Morelos, just lets him wander into the box and doesn't follow him. I mean, I think it happens too often. Um, and I also don't, the thing I don't get with Portis, I don't know what you think it, but there's this kind of, almost a kind of narrative being built up that, no, he's got to get himself right up for games against Rangers. I mean, I just, I don't, I mean, I've watched Ryan Portis I've watched him against Livingston, St. Johnson, mm-hmm. 
I'd never see him playing with that kind of level of passion and desire. I just I don't get that. Well, it's funny, it's funny, Scott, because <laughs> we'll just put a feature on the website this morning and we're about back through all the incidents, you know. I mean, he's obviously a diehard Hibs fan, as we know. You know, Hibs and Rangers, there is a bit of rivalry. But I think you're right. You're absolutely right. When you when you look at all the things and you list them, which we have done this morning, so I mean, you can go on and have a read of it. You actually, you forget some of them, but even like... I don't know if you remember he held up the, the portrait of him, you know, screaming at Morelos when Morelos or yeah, yeah. and signed it. And obviously there was a Premier Sports interview after the, uh, sorry, the, yeah. the, the semi-final. And, and and that's before you just mentioned the tackles on Aribo, Koulibaly and, um, and Barisic. Yeah. And then there was a handshake uh, with Gerard. Yeah. There's, there's so many. So that's why when you were saying, Andy, earlier, you know, about a sympathy, I think you used the word sympathy, but... I mean, does he not maybe bring it on himself? Even when you're watching the game last night, uh, I think they touched on it in commentary as well. He just, it was, I think it was a moment when Morelos maybe shoved him in the back. Yeah, and then was a tra- he, tra- he, trapped him. he trapped him and he, so he got up and he reacted and he was with flailing arms looking up and he's then Beaton, uh, John Beaton came over to speak to him and he wouldn't even look at John Beaton. He was so disgusted with the decision not to, to book him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think... He, it just goes a bit over the score with it, a bit over the top. Yeah. I mean, the stuff at the stuff at Easter Road, uh, sorry, at Hamden, um, after the the semi final last week. Yeah, he's, he's having a joke. He thinks he's he's been smart. He thinks he's he's getting one over. And Rangers, obviously, they're in the final. Rangers aren't. But if you're going to do that sort of stuff, you need to back it up. You know, you can't be ten days later, then get yourself in a position where you give Rangers the win. Um, top players are allowed to be that arrogant and have that, you know, flippancy and say what they want, you know, even mocking the opposition if they can back it up. So far, I mean, that's that's now uh, six defeats in seven games, uh, league, league games for Hibs now. That, that's not the sort of form that allows you to be in any way arrogant and to, be, to act like the way that uh, Ryan Portis did at Hamden. So, it'll be a lesson for him whether he takes it on board. That, that remains to be seen. I think, I think Scott's right that I think he's got the tools to be a top player that could win himself a decent move, but that rashness, that ability to switch off for a moment at the wrong moment uh, so far is, is is the big question mark over his career. I just think if I was a Hibs fan or Jack Ross, I would just be asking, oh, where, where, are, where are these type of performances against Ross County and Livy and all that? Why can you... Why? You, I mean, I think in Jack Ross's... Somebody will dig me up in this, but... I'm sure Jack Ross, even his post-match interview last night, he said something. It was just right at the end of his sentence. He was talking about Portis. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he said he said something like, uh, "Especially in this game, especially in this fixture." Yeah, as if, as if this fixture had, had had significance for Portis. It's as if you know, he, he said that post-match in, in your press that he, he's a, he's under the spotlight in this fixture. In this under the spotlight in this fixture because he's put himself in the spotlight with some of his actions. Yeah, this this fixture, I don't honestly. No, I think I think Jack Ross. I think Jack Ross was almost making it as if it was you know other people who were hyping it up. Yeah, you know that this fixture. I don't think you know, but 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 as, as Andy says, that's because of his actions in the game. I mean, there's there's just so many. Um, you just wonder if maybe early on after a, you know maybe even like the cool, it was young. You know, if you think, 
the Koulibaly tackle, I, you just wonder whether Hibs fans will say, oh, give us another, or great, you know, do you know what I mean? They might have been, maybe he, he liked that sort of cult status that yeah. came from that challenge, knowing the right You think in that sense, if you're a boyhood Hibs fan, and, yeah. you know, and you grow in the community, the, the game that your punt, your friends and the punters would want you to show that level of passion, and it's, okay, it will be dangerous because of the rivalry there, but you think that there would be an element going, well, let's see you doing that against Hearts, but... yeah. To memory, I can't think of any big, big sort of flashpoint he's ever had in a in a in an Edinburgh derby. You know, I mean, maybe you know, maybe I'm forgetting, but I, I can't think of any sort of similar type of incident that's happened in, in one of those games. But even they said, I mean, they played Celtic recently at Easter Road. I mean, there was no height, no build up. Celtic went out and annihilated them in the first half. No, scored two or three goals, and no, he's this kind of warrior, warrior like defending was was nowhere to be seen. It's just. I find the whole thing a bit bizarre, I must admit. Mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of the actual game itself, Andy, you were there, yeah? Yes. Uh, I mean, really, they, they needed something like that, didn't they? they you know, the penalty. Yeah, yeah, it was, really... yeah, it was an odd performance because we got themselves into a lot of good positions at times mm-hmm. and just sloppiness let them down. I mean... Even just watching the highlights back this morning, there's clips of Hadji under no pressure putting the ball out of play. Mm-hmm. I lost count of many times that Adibo would give one of his teammates a hospital pass just by undercooking a pass. And, you know, when there was a simple ball on, if he just hit it with the right firmness, they'd be away. But every every time he played a pass to, to one of his teammates, he seemed to put them in, under pressure or, or into a 50-50. And, and there was a few examples of that. I don't think Ryan Kent was great first half, but improved a lot in the second half. Scott Arfield coming on, I think, was a was a real big moment as well because his movement, I think you've seen that with with the way that Rangers are playing now, with this extra width across the park, mm-hmm. there's so much it's more space in between the lines for somebody like Arfield with his clever movement to, to get into. And there was just times where he was always in the right place in that last sort of 15, 20 minutes when he came on. And I think that was that was obviously I think it was I'm pretty sure that was that was crucial in the lead up to the to the penalty as well. I think it was his pass that, that played in Kent. So um yeah, it was, a, it was a strange, you know, sloppy, um, disjointed at times. I think that's obviously they're only a week a week or so into Giovanni Van Bronker's tenure. I think they're still trying to get a grips with it. You can see the fullbacks look a bit lost. Do they go? Do they stay? Um obviously with the They've not got that clear channel down the line now because the wingers in front of them are sort of clogging up that space and they're really just expected to sort of back them up rather than sort of be the, the guys that provide the bid. Um, Hadji, I think, is a, a position that's going to need to be looked at as well. I mean, he's he's probably more suited to playing in that number 10 role that, Hadj, that uh, Aribo's been, been slotting in. He's not a natural winger, but he, he, keeps, pace, drifting, he? Yeah, he keeps sort of drifting inside as well. Um, so... Uh, there's, there's question marks there for, for Van Bronckhorst about, you know, he's obviously got a, a very successful squad. He's got a, a, a strong, a, a, a squad with a lot of depth to it. But is he, is he, is he, is he got the type of players that he would naturally want? You know, we know he likes to play with two out and out wingers. So he's got Kent on one side, but he's, he, he's right footed and he's, he's coming on. He's, he's, he's playing not on the left. Hadji's, you know, people struggle to see what, what sides he's strongest, but as you say, he's not a natural winger, so is that something he looks at in January, try to bring in somebody who's more an out-and-out wide man? 
Yeah, Scott, I mean, um, Andy actually touched on it when he was talking. I mean, I feel did make a difference. What do you think of Kamara and Davis in the same midfield? This, this point's been made before, I suppose, but what do you think? Do you think Arfield should definitely replace one of them? Um, no, I think certain games, Davis and Kamara can work fine. Um, but I agree with Andy. I thought in the first half last night they were missing. Arfield, uh, I thought it was made for him to... Know, to make the kind of runs that he, he the kind of run that he made at Livingston to get his to get his goal. Um just his movement, his energy, and Arfield just gives you something a wee bit different. And Rangers midfield, you no, know, Davis and Kamara and that are quite quite similar. I definitely think um Arfield gives you another another option. Um but I agree with Andy, I mean it was a strange game. Uh I mean they touched on it in commentary last night, just about the amount of transitions in the game. It was incredible. But I mean I don't think I've ever watched I don't think I've ever watched a game where the decision making for players was so poor, no, in promising situations. It was like such bad decisions, especially for Rangers players when they get into good good situations. Um very unlike them, just picking picking the wrong option every time. I mean there was one there was there was one in the second half. Uh, Davis, no. Well, Dave, I mean Davis. I mean that was a, a clear one. There was a Davis one, wasn't it? Yeah, that's the one that came to me when you were talking there. Pass was so poor, but I think the difference is I think he actually chose the right option. He just executed it so poorly, which mm. was in tandem with the rest of the game because the passing, some of the passing was atrocious. But in terms of decision making, it was like uh, Kent got one in the second half where he actually did brilliantly to beat two men on the left wing. He kind of cut inside the two of them, left the two of them for dead, and he gets into the box, just inside the box. And his two options are either have a shot at goal or or clip across in because there's guys in the box. Instead, he chose the third option of trying to take another man on in the box and he just get, it, get the ball taken off him. And it was just so, so poor. Um, and... No, you're right. It was a hard, it was a hard watch at times um, in terms of quality. The quality was poor, I thought, for both sides. But is Van Bronckhorst really caring this morning? Because no. that's a massive, massive win for them. Um, I was saying to Andy just before us, like, I mean, Celtic fans would have been looking at Livy away and Hibs away. No, is this is the time Rangers are going to are going to drop something and give us a wee a wee opening here to kind of claw back some points and. No, they've went and get six points by hook or by crook, and no, now they've got Dundee at home on Saturday. Where no Celtic have got to play Hearts tonight. It's a tough game, and then obviously Tannadice on on Sunday, which will be arguably even tougher. As Rangers found out earlier in the season, so yeah. a massive, massive win last night. I and mean, I thought that when before Ruth took the penalty, it had the feel of no, this is a big, a big moment in this yeah. title race, and. I think it will be. Andy, I mean, the thing the thing that was probably surprising about the performance last night was, A, everybody, it was all talk was of revenge for the Premier Sports Cup semi-final defeat, and also that in the first two games, so much of the talk, or especially the, the, the opening spell at Livingston was of the energy and the tempo, and it was like, oh, this is great, this is, a, the, 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 this is Rangers under Giovanni Van Bronckhurst, whereas last night, seem to go back to almost like the, the Gerrard performances of the season where it just looked a bit kind of laboured and pedestrian. Is, is that is that just 
Well, the opening two games, more just about the new manager bounce, and is it maybe, you know, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst is just going to need time to really... Yeah, I definitely think it's going to need time. I mean, there's, there's definite changes to the way the team are trying to operate, um, as I was sort of outlining, outlining uh, a wee bit earlier on. Um, I think, you know, the way that Stephen Gerrard and Michael Beale had the team playing uh, before they left, it was a very structured way. You know, everything seemed to be almost sort of pre-rehearsed the way they would do things, certain moves, the way they would build up play. And I think Van Bronckhorst, the signs are that things will be a, a little bit more, the players will be given a wee bit more free hand in that sense. So I think it's going to take them a wee bit of time just to shrug that off and, and, and find their feet under under Van Bronckhorst. So I think, you know, there'll definitely be, you know, maybe they're teething troubles, but certainly just a, a readjustment period. And, you know, I think we saw a wee bit of that last night. Um, I, I think the thing that was sort of reassuring for Rangers, though, was that... Um, the defensive performance was was absolutely top class. I mean, I thought uh, Golton and Bassey were were excellent. Um, you know, Golton has put himself under a wee bit of pressure with those comments after uh, the game at Hamden, talking about hunger. But you know, and he was a wee bit shaky against the first half, especially at Livingston at the weekend. But I thought he was excellent from start to finish uh, last night. You know, you know, mostly typified by that that clearance he had to make. Um, I think it was Cadden put a, a ball across. Nisbet's waiting for a tap in. Oh yeah. Goals and sort of, he's facing the wrong way and he somehow manages to sort of hook it away and, and get it clear, which was I didn't, appreciate, I didn't appreciate until you actually saw the replay just how good it was. Yeah, I mean um, it was a big moment, you know, I think if, if Cadden gets that ball across or if you know the fact he's facing the wrong way, so the only ones you can stick a foot out, it can go anywhere. Mm-hmm. The fact he manages to get it clear you know, it was a big moment. I think, you know, Bassi deserves special praise as well. I mean, thinking back to Sparta Prague away when he, get, he played centre-half and he just looked completely <laughs> like a fish out of water there. He, he didn't look comfortable at all. And ever since he's been put back in against Sparta at home, he's he's looked, you know, absolutely solid. Um, I think that'll be a real big boost to Rangers. You know, it's, they now know they've got another option in there. And, you know, Maybe raises a few question marks over the likes of Jack Simpson. You know, he, he you know, the guy that <laughs> Stephen Gerrard was was determined to to get in, um, to get in early. Obviously, he's, he's I don't I don't think he's eligible for Europe. I think he's left at European squad. But right now, he can't get a game because I make shift left backs playing in there and, and playing brilliantly. Yeah, I, think, I was I was just going to say just on the defending, Andy. I think you're actually seeing uh, better performances for Barisic as a defender. Yeah, I mean it's, yeah. it's it's almost a bit strange seeing him defending like a proper left back because mm-hmm. you're so used to him marauding up the left flank and getting crosses in, and you know that became his game. But I think you almost kind of forgot that. No, I think he was a pretty decent defender with Osijek like before mm-hmm. he before he came, and I think because he was asked to do this job going forward, which he did very well for obviously for long spells. I actually think his defending probably suffered a wee bit for that because he was you know, constantly trying to focus on getting forward. He's making these kind of lung-busting runs all the time. I think when it came to actually defending one-on-one and defending the box, that maybe suffered a wee bit. I think the last couple of games, we have just seen him in a back four defending like a left-back. Um, I thought he's actually he's actually been better and his performances have, have improved. Obviously, you're not, you're not getting that other side to him now mm-hmm. where... No, he's crossing his balls in, but as we know, and as you've discussed, no Rangers are now playing a different way. And I, th- I think Barisic has struggled against Hibs 
in certain games in the past, you know, whether it's been Boyle or Cardin or, or whoever, but I thought last night he was actually really solid. He just stuck to his job. And if you look back at a lot of kind of Hibs crosses, it was him at the back post, kind of seeing them out or getting a, getting a flick on or, or getting a block in. Um, so I think that's been a kind of byproduct from Bronckhorst coming in. You're seeing a different Barisic, but certainly in a defensive way, you're actually seen a better Barisic. I thought he was he was culpable at one moment at Livingston with um, yeah, Alan, Forrest, Alan Forrest, where he, he, never, he never cuts off the cross, and you see yeah. McGregor tangled up in the net, screaming at him, um, telling him to cut the cross out. But I thought last night, I think you're right. I mean, it was kind of strange one, because I'm trying to sum up, I'm doing my ratings at the end of the match, and you're so used to judging Barisic by his attacking performance. I'm sitting yeah. going, he's not really done much going forward. But then you're also thinking... You're right, Scott. He's sitting at the back. He, he's he, he was fairly solid, and it's it's not something you naturally associate associate with him because you're just so used to him, you know, bombing forward. And I think that's going to be an interesting thing over the next few months. It, it's it's seeing how Van Bronckhurst deals with these fullbacks. If uh, you're just going to be basically sit there and go right, you can go two thirds up the park and no further because we want the white boys doing the doing the final bit. But, that seems to be a bit of a waste in that sense, but you know it's the way that Van Bronckhorst wants to play. So you know it'll be it'll be intriguing to see how we, how we get the best out of these guys. I mean, they've got a home game against Dundee on Saturday. You would you would like to think Tavernier and Barisic, assuming it's them, it's playing, will be given a lot more license at home against Dundee at Ibrox. No, they should be able to get forward and, and link up and get crosses in. But I definitely think in away games in the Premiership, tricky away games and also games in Europe. I think Tavernier and Barisic will be asked just to sit and do their defensive job first and foremost because that's the way Van Bronckhurst will want to, want to do it. So you're right, it's going to be interesting. What I will say is that with them playing with the two wide men higher and wider and, and instead of tucked in and almost forming that sort of Christmas tree formation that Gerard had them playing, if you all remember, sort of brag away, there was clips of them just absolutely perfectly lined up, just forcing Braga to go side to side to get the crosses in. They're a wee bit more open now, and there was a wee spell, 20-minute spell in the second half where Hibs were sort of getting in the ascendancy, had more crosses into the box, more possession. If they'd been a wee bit more clinical, they probably could have exploited it. But what it does allow them, it allows Rangers to counter a lot quicker because the guys, the two wide boys, are, are higher up the pitch, ready, ready to spring forward. And you know, There's a couple, I think Kent has one where they... He springs forward and hits a shot that sort of hits the stanchion um, coming off of one of those sort of uh, opportunities. So, um, against, it'll be interesting to see if they come up against, you know, maybe a Leipzig, a Celtic, or in Europe, if they're going to be, you know, last season, especially what was so impressed with Rangers was that defensive solidity. I'm not so sure that that's always going to be the case this season. And we know they've had defensive troubles this season, but in terms of their shape, their system, they do look to be a wee bit more porous. Okay. <laughs> he's finished. Up there, Gav. He finished. No, no, no. no. That, was, that was a no, absolutely bro. I was just listening to that great expert. <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Um, no, the, the other thing this week um was AGM earlier in the week. Sometimes these meetings can be quite fiery, a platform for shareholders, fans to get things off their chest normally about the team, but I mean, the board was never going to come in for any criticism, given given that they're digging so deep, and given that they delivered the 
the first title in 10 years. So, I mean, there was no major issues. There was a lot of kind of um, areas where the club accepted the need to improve. The, the disabled facilities was one that took up a lot of the meeting um, and, the, and the club held their hands up to Stuart Robertson, Chairman Douglas Park, held their hands up that they need to improve that. At the start, they did a wee Q&A. Um, Ross Wilson gave a, 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 an insight just into how the club deals with sort of the squad and players coming at the end of their contracts, seeing how they divide them into three categories. One, players who are sort of 30-somethings, they are dealt with just on a year-to-year basis. It's decided at the end of the year, which is probably quite right, you know, given, you know, you need to assess their fitness and all that and how much they're likely to contribute the following year. Then there's players that they want to keep who are coming to the end of their deals. Connor Goldson is probably the one, I mean, he, he sticks out with a sore thumb, is, is the one who falls into that category. But Ross Wilson said they won't break their wage structure for players like that. So it seems to be reading between the lines there that Goldson's obviously asking for money that the club have not been willing to give him. So that one drags on. The third category where people... Ross Wilson said the easiest category to deal with those who are non-contributors basically just move them on if they're coming to the end of their deal that's easily done but in terms of non-contributors who are under contract or or, or and or even and ones that are coming to the, the end of their contract you mentioned uh, Jack Simpson earlier there Andy, Andy he would probably fall into that category if you look at the squad just now what others do you see as guys that are non-contributors and may well be moved on? I think uh, Brandon Barker's probably one that, that sticks out in that sense. Um, I think him and Andy Firth were the only two who are coming to the end of their deals that you would regard as being yeah. contributors. So they'll, would you see Barker and Firth move on? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking, looking through the squad just now. I mean, majority of the guys... I've, I've contributed it at some stage. I mean, the only one that sort of, you know, Bakuna's been in and out of the squad. It was kind of strange. He seemed to just to be sort of hitting form. Yeah. Uh, Latterly under Gerard, he's not really had a sniff. Ryan Jack, um, you know, came on against Sparta Prague. I think Rangers fans are all hoping to see him back. Wasn't in the squad for, for Sunday's game at Livingston. He sort of understood that because of the plastic pitch, but he wasn't in the squad last night either. So, yeah, I suppose that'll be a concern. I wonder if, um, if Van Bronckhorst will speak about that tomorrow. When he... Well, it was, it was actually, you might not have seen it, Andy, because you were at Easter Road, but he was asked about it before the game All because right. when he was missing from the squad against Livingston on Sunday, I, that was a, one of the things I thought of. And I thought, mm-hmm. well, plastic pitch, they won't risk him. Then when he was missing last night, you thought, oh, God, is there more to this? Um, but no, to be fair, before the game, he was asked about it. And he said, no, fine. They're, just, they're easing him back in, but no, no setbacks. Apart, I mean, apart from, you know, you know, Simpson, uh, Barker, maybe Defoe. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I, know I know that he spoke, Van Bronckhorst spoke this week about how he's, he's still got a big part to play. They only see him as a player rather than a coach this year. Well, I don't think um, there's any maybe about Defoe. You would have to say it's a definitely. If he's if he's not coaching yeah. and we're only judging him as a player, then non-contributor. He's yeah, I mean, well, I mean, played about 15 minutes this season. So. Yeah, I mean, well, Sunday... Uh, Sunday at Livingston was only the second time he's even been in the team sheet this this year. So um, you yeah, can't be a guy like that. Those kind of wages, yeah. unless he's playing. So no, so I, I th- you know there's a wee bit of fat to be trimmed. Not much, but I mean you look through the rest of the squad. I mean majority of guys, I've played a fair chunk. I mean I say Bukuna's 
maybe the, you know another one, but you know there were signs that he was coming on it again. But apart from that, I mean, majority of guys in the squad have uh, have played a part this year. So I mean, and I'll be encouraging for 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 one because it looks like that the majority of the guys in the team are at least up to speed. You know, aren't miles out of the picture in terms of fitness and, and things like that. So. Um, I, I don't think there's I don't think there's much work to be done in, in that in that category that you're talking about there. Off bar, off a bar. I mean, he comes in a totally different category yeah. because I mean, he's not. Uh, I mean, it purely depends on his health issues. But yeah, yeah. He, he's a non-contributor, but through no fault of his own, really. Uh, Interesting thing is, is the well, Andy saying I won't be. No, maybe doesn't need too much changing to the squad, but I mean the whole spine of Rangers team could change in the in the summer. Mm-hmm. And that, that would mean a kind of big overhaul because no, you don't expect Alan McGregor to be there next season. Mm-hmm. Don't expect Connor Goldson to be there next season. Yeah. The doubts over Stephen Davis will be there next season. And then you've got Morelos. I mean that that's right through the spine. Uh, well and you've got the contract issues as well because if you can and Aribo that's why I think there could be big, big changes in the summer at, at Rangers. Um, I mean, they've spoken about obviously player trading, they don't need to sell MD and all that, but listen, they'll be, I think they'd be looking to try and get money in for one of the kind of big players we've spoke before about whether it might be a Kamara or a, or a Barisic or whoever it is, Morelos, Kent. Um, but the, the ones like your, your Kamaras and Kent's Aribos, the ones that are at a good age, you no know, kind of mid 20s and you know, mainstays in the team, those are the ones you would want to try and try and keep, obviously, to you know, to, to develop the team and progress the team with Bronkers bringing in his own players to supplement them. But I just think when you think of those guys you mentioned, you no know, Defoe, Simpson, Barker, you no, know, they'll all be away. And then you look at McGregor and Davis coming to the end of their time at Rangers. They'll be away. Goldson out a contract. Um, so there could be could be big changes. There could be a big overhaul in the in the summer. Um, and I think that's I think that can almost makes it just even more vital that that they go and win this title again. No, for this this group, this squad, if it is their kind of last hurrah, that kind of Gerard group, if you like, then. No, they want to go and win the title, get into the Champions League, no, which also then gives Van Bronckhurst the, the resources to go and go and do what he wants to do. So I, th- I think looking ahead, although no, the, the way the AGM kind of came out, no, there won't be many changes, we don't need to sell players. Mm-hmm. I think when you actually look at the bigger picture, there could be a bit of, a, a bit of an overhaul in the summer. I suppose, I suppose there's a difference between needing to sell and and, and, and being happy to sell, as you yeah. said, to, to complete a, 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 a revamp. That, yeah. That's the difference. To, I, I think that's what Stuart Robertson and uh, Ross Wilson were making the point. You don't need to sell. I suppose everybody's saying it's £23.5 million pound losses in the last accounts and need £7.5 million just to get through to the kind of end of the season or the end of the year. That's already been paid. I think that was more the fear, wasn't it? It was like, oh, well, they're going to be forced to sell. Yeah. But that's different. Giovanni Van Bronckhorst might look at the squad and decide he wants to. I'll sell Morelos, I'll sell Kent, I'll, I'll bank that and then make yep. his changes. Make his changes. Right, okay, guys, I think we've covered most of the things from this week. So thanks again for joining us and then we'll um, see how the Dundee game goes on Saturday. Come back next week and look ahead to that game uh, away to Leon as well to round off the Europa League campaign. Thanks a lot. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys.